Welcome everyone to the reInvent Relevance podcast, where we dive head first into what it takes to move your career from where you are to where you want to be. We call it reinventing your relevance, embracing change to do the work worth doing. I'm your host, Jason Mutzfeld, and joining me today is Matt Williford. And Matt and I go way back. Uh, we've been buddies for a long time, uh, since college. And Matt has got a great, a great career story. And I wanted to share it with you folks today because he's done it. He's done a lot of the things that we're all doing and finding, you know, that we need to do in today's job market. And you may be sitting there going, oh, I don't know if I should do what I want to do. Maybe I should just stay put and do what I'm doing. Well, taking no risk is a very risky move. And Matt, thank you for joining me today. Let's talk, let's dive right into this, uh, you know, Tell me about, you just recently had a major life change in your career. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, you know, 2020 has been hard on everyone and certainly COVID shutdowns and all, all of those things. Um, but early in, in 2020, I left a marketing communications job at our district library system after four and a half years. And um it was, it was the kind of role where I just was not feeling that I had anywhere to go in advancement in my career path. It was a one man, one woman show. Yeah. Um, and we had a change in leadership uh, at the administrative level. Uh, so you're always assessing, you know, how do I complement the staffing? What are the personalities? Uh, so the person that had hired me to complement her skill set had retired. And the new, the new executive um, possessed a lot of the same skill sets I had. And so I, it actually was a little bit of a tension point because, uh, you know, the things that I had been doing for the other director, you know, were things that, you know, maybe uh, were at odds with how the new director wanted to lead. So uh, we actually made a, a, you know, a mutual separation in, in February. And, um, Three days later, I lost my mother. And then we had a month later COVID. And, and so all of my prospects that I had sort of planted seeds to, okay, if I'm gonna leave this job, um, I could do this or this is likely or whatever, because normally you don't leave a job without having the other one in place, right? Yeah, ideally. Uh, <laughs> ideally. Uh, this was the, the first time in my career, I, I literally ripped the pull cord on the parachute and said, here we go. You, you found out what color your parachute is. I always <laughs> say sure. that's the only way to find out. Pull the cord. Sure. But, you know, I will, I will say that, you know, because of COVID shutdowns and other things that were out of my control, um, everything else stopped. And I had, I was in a situation where I had to wait. Now, fortunately, um, I have a really loving wife and partner of 22 years, um, makes all said, the difference we're, we're gonna we're, we'll make it through we're gonna be okay yeah um and so it was about six months uh it's first time in my life i after a couple of months i actually said i've never had a sabbatical before and i kind of looked at it that way yeah. i i mm -hmm. delved into assessing you know of course i'm, I'm grieving at the loss of my mom but i'm also yeah. grieving at the loss of my kids schooling and i'm grieving about the other things but i had to also focus on who who am i what are the things I value? What are the things I'm really good at? What are the things I want to do for the next 20 years of my career? Mm -hmm. And it really gave me that opportunity to make those assessments. 
Um, so at the, at the end of July, I, um, I refreshed the conversation that I'd had eight months earlier with uh, a gentleman who's the general manager and a partner at a specialty meat, fish, and grocery market here in Traverse City, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I knew that we were coming to the end of the summer. So he's likely to lose high school kids going back to school as employees. He's likely to have college kids returning back to their campus. And so I placed a phone call and said, hey, are you hiring? Hmm. Um, and I literally said, I don't care where I start. Start me at the bottom. Let me learn the business from the bottom up. And uh, that was a risk too, but it's certainly hmm. better than not working at all. Yeah, it was, it's a risk on the employer's part to do that because there's a lot of, a lot of scuttle uh, pushback when somebody who's very qualified, like you are, you know, you have a college degree, you know, you've got all this, all this experience. Nobody wants to necessarily hire somebody they want to train because they, they want to get somebody young and, and unmolded. <laughs> so it, it was, it, you sold it well, that's good because truly in 20, that's one of the biggest hurdles that a lot of our clients face is getting your foot in the door with somebody when you want to make a transition and explaining, look, you can take a chance on me. So kudos to you for, for, for getting that. Um, so we, we've talked about what prompted the transition. Uh, how did you, how did you handle it? Uh, let's be honest. I mean, you, you've gone from doing marketing and communications and working in large nonprofits to a grocery store. Effectively, it's a high end, high end market, but what was that like? Well, you know, everybody has their own college and high school working experience too. You know, I waited mm -hmm. tables. I've done other service related jobs. And mm -hmm. so I wasn't a stranger to the food service industry as well. Mm -hmm. So having worked in a kitchen before, a commercial kitchen, restaurant kitchen setting, uh, I had a little bit of familiarity there as well. Mm -hmm. So you also have to keep in mind when you're looking for opportunities of not just transferable skills, but like some other experiences that might not have seemed relevant in your most recent searches for roles that you've held in the past. But yeah. gosh, I've done surf, surf safe before. I've spent extra time, you know, working in, you know, pulling extra shifts at the restaurant and the dish room. I, yeah. I know what it's like to walk into a walk-in freezer, you know, those kind of things. Um, so it wasn't totally foreign to you. Yeah, it wasn't. But you know, mm -hmm. you've said it before, and you and I know from our mutual liberal arts education is that uh, regardless of what your your major is or major and minor or double major, whatever that is, in your undergraduate degree, um, you're there to learn how to learn yes, and to learn how to work with other people yep. and to get experience in sort of other connections and, and networking. That's what your exactly. undergraduate degree is about. And yep. mm -hmm. so, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm mid forties. I know how to learn. I'm adaptable. Uh, I'm mature in the sense that, um, you know, uh, retailers such as this market, uh, part of the thing was, is that the restaurants as well, they have a hard time keeping employees because uh, maybe lower wages, per, but also because it attracts that, you know, mid 20 something and they're not as mature and maybe they don't show up for work and whatever. And, so they want, yeah. they want, you know, they want dependable, they want smart, they want someone who's yeah. going to think for themselves and not have to be asked to do everything, take some initiative, all those kind of things. So that carries yeah. a lot of uh, weight as well. But mm -hmm. 
I'll tell you, um, I picked it up really quickly and uh, probably at the end of my second day, uh, a general manager who hired me and trained me for the first day and a half looked at me and I, I said, so uh, how am I doing? And he goes, I've trained a lot of people. You're way ahead of the curve. Good. <laughs> so I think a lot of that comes to yeah. being um, appropriately inquisitive and, a, and mm -hmm. assertive in, in that, I mean, self-assured. Yeah know when to ask questions and know when it's okay to demonstrate your competencies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because competence and strengths, uh, talent, it can carry so much weight. And, and when you're a person of a certain age, in other words, age discrimination starts at age 40. So congratulations. If you're over 40, you're right in that wheelhouse where nobody wants to hire you because they're afraid of firing you. Uh, and, and, you know, so that's, that's great to be able to leverage that. That's fantastic because you, you, you really set that value proposition of, look, you're dealing, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not knocking on young people. I think millennials and Gen Z have tremendous work ethic, but there's something to that generation X and even boomers that, where you have that, look, I, I've proven myself. I have, you have a track record, you have a reputation that comes with you. And as long as you're not entitled about it, because that's the one drawback of Gen X and boomers is they can be right. very entitled when it comes to mm -hmm. their jobs. Uh, you know, we have to break ourselves of that. And, you know, so that's great. You know, that, that is fantastic feedback and it's good to, and it's, I just want to stress that you ask for feedback and that's, that's great too, because that, that should happen at any age. And unfortunately it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you wish that you'd known before this transition all happened? Is there anything you could have done better advice that you would share for somebody who is in, in your boat or wants to be in your boat? And what, what would you, what advice would you give? Yeah, I, I wish I could give great advice about taking initiative to choose your own path. And instead I was kind of pushed into a situation where I was like, Oh crap, I got to find a job. Um, <laughs> yeah. That so many said, people are in that path, though. <laughs> that said, um, again, knowing your strengths, being self-aware mm -hmm. of what what transferable skills you bring um, mm -hmm. is critical. Uh, what are the things yes. that you really enjoy and excel at? And what are the things you don't want to do again? Or, oh, yeah. uh, and, you know, um, that that really has served me well in this as well. Uh, I've always done, I've always excelled at customer service, at mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, at, at, you know, working in nonprofit arts organizations, mm -hmm. you're always meeting with community members and board members yeah. and, you know, uh, soirees and, uh, you know, every, every interaction <laughs> is a potential fundraising moment. All I, those I rubber chickens that, you had to eat. I don't mean that, yeah, I don't mean <laughs> that in the, you know, uh, the hard ask uh, mm -hmm. solicitation side of things. But uh, with any organization, you're either moving that, that person closer in relationship to your organization or further away. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're very, you, you kind of learn how to read people and how to engage in small talk and how to do those mm -hmm. things. Using that at the counter at the market mm -hmm. yeah. is critical. Um, mm -hmm. I was six weeks into my job yeah. and already they had me training new hires <laughs> and having them shadow me to watch yeah. my customer service skills. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, so again, um, think about the things, even if you're, yeah. even if you're making a left turn in a career path, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that you are starting from scratch. It means that mm -hmm. you need to think about your toolbox 
and yes. how to bring that toolbox to work um, because you know how to use those tools. Yeah. So just use them in a different setting. Yeah. And you're, build, you're building on what you've already done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think there's that. And I would just say, you know, if you have a passion or um, mm -hmm. the inverse, if you know that you are in a position at, at your current place of work that, mm -hmm. you know, you're struggling uh, and it's just clear that maybe there's just not a trajectory or a future there, um, mm -hmm. you, you got you to gotta take more initiative. Don't wait yeah. for something to happen to you. Um, mm -hmm. I had been looking. Uh, but maybe not as assertively, <laughs> a little bit more passively. Uh, yeah. But again, a lot of that has to do with the local dynamics of your economy. Uh, I live in a relatively small town, as many people mm -hmm. do. And, you know, nonprofit jobs at a certain managerial or administrative level are maybe not quite as abundant. And so you're waiting yeah. for those retirements or a departure uh, for those kind of things to slot. Or you see someone over here move a position. And so you're waiting for the, the, uh, the whole uh, sector to sort of shift over, you know, people leave that their job to go here and, you know, you look for that hole uh, to apply mm -hmm. for. But, um, you know, I, you were asking about what, 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 what would you do? Here's a, here's mm -hmm. how I got some work during the, the shutdown for COVID in March. I, you know, again, I was at home with my family and kids and not working and, I spent every day doing what I enjoy, which is mm -hmm. cooking. Yeah. And I would take photos of every dish I made. Uh, and I think you saw some of yeah. them. Oh, I yeah. Actually, I, I created a Facebook album called Quarantine Cuisine 2020. And <laughs> yep, put yep. all those photos in there. But, mm -hmm. but you know, I just worked a, a private chef dinner uh, side mm -hmm. gig this last Saturday yep. uh, for nine people based on a referral from a mutual acquaintance who yeah. knew that I cooked and did a good job and uh, connected us. And, yeah. you know, I made a little extra cash yeah. doing what I enjoy. Yes. And, and that side hustle speaks volumes because it shows initiative. It shows an entrepreneurial drive and it shows you're willing to develop yourself, which kudos to you again, that, that is, that's fantastic side hustles can't be understated at any age. I mean, if you're in your 20s, have a side hustle. <laughs> if you're in your 50s, have a side hustle. Because <laughs> you know, you got to do what, what feeds you. Yeah. You know, you, le you left higher education and sort of that, you know, organizational security, you know, to, mm -hmm. to be entrepreneurial uh, yeah. with Michelle. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're of a certain generation that like the prospect of the gig economy scares the bajinkies out of me. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and we're not alone. <laughs> but part yeah. of the assessment for me was then, okay, I'm going to look for a reputable other place for me to fit into. So I left the nonprofit and, you know, local government public goods mm -hmm. sector, and mm -hmm. I'm at a for-profit specialty grocery store, mm -hmm. but I know that they have a 40-year history in the community yeah. as the place, and they have a following, and there's security there as well. Mm -hmm. um, now I just need to prove myself that I uh, fit in there. And, you know, it, it seems like things are, are very in a very quick time frame, progress, progressing quickly for me as far as opportunities to advance in additional responsibility. Yes, exactly. It's that lateral thinking about if I'm not going to be in the field that I'm in right now, what's adjacent? What What is off to the side? And 
you're serving the public. You are you're filling, you're serving your community in every day by going in and standing behind the counter and making small talk, you know, the, you know, and helping your customer. That's most people think, well, I want to go out and change the world and I want to be in a nonprofit. You don't have to be. You can serve the world right where you're at doing what you love. It doesn't matter. Well, so, we were talking yeah. about it too. You know, when I was when I was thinking about what are the things that are sort of uh, future proof, what are tech proof? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a lot of us think about you know, are we you know replaced by computers and mm -hmm. you know uh, self checkout machines and those kind mm -hmm. of uh, convenience type of solutions that take people out of the exchange of the commerce sector or yeah. or even the service sector, mm -hmm. um, you know and. The clients that come into our store mm -hmm. come in for the service first. Yes. They secondarily come in for the quality ingredients, mm -hmm. but they're there and you learn who they are and you welcome them by name and you know their preferences and all of that adds value. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, Jason, when you go to mm -hmm. a shutdown, like with COVID or anything else like that, mm -hmm. uh, organizations, you know, businesses have to pivot. Our business mm -hmm. added curbside pickup. For a grocery store, we're we're back yeah. open with masks and all of those things, but we're still mm -hmm. doing the curbside because people have come to to depend upon it, or maybe they have you know health yeah. uh, uh, they're compromised, and so they really mm -hmm. want to try to create that separation um, yeah. for, for themselves. And this is another layer of service. Yeah. So we're continuing. And, and a lot of small businesses tend to want to shy away from pivoting or adjusting because small businesses are more like regular people. <laughs> <laughs> they're, right. they're they're sometimes averse to change. I you know I haven't set foot in our in our local grocery store since the beginning of all this. You know, and and I don't know if I ever will, just because it's become so convenient. But it's also a large store. I, I feel they're productive, they're efficient, but they don't necessarily have that warm touch that a small store has. So. You know, and, and people will go out of their way if they have something like you have, they're going to want to support it because people connect with people. We don't connect with brands that are just empty boxes or buildings. Yep. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a, um, a challenge, mm -hmm. but it is the kind of thing that I will tell you I work 10 hour days. Mm -hmm. I work very hard during those 10 hours. But when I clean up and wipe down the counters at the end of the night and leave, yeah. I am done for the day. I don't have that running to-do uh -huh. list, the, yeah. the, the sort of figurative and you know, uh, realistically yeah. 15 browser tabs open all the time. Uh, that I'm, Plus I'm the parking, 20 in your brain that are open. <laughs> that I'm parking mental space yeah. for, you yeah. know. And so there has been also that sort of uh, relief for me mm. of, where I feel a little bit more energized, you know, to, to go to work every day and, and think, you know, I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to have some new interactions and I'm providing a service to the community. And that's a good thing. That's great. So, and, and harkens back to, to you know, some other things you said, you know, it, it just, it all sums it up, you know, do something that, that, that makes you feel good. You don't have to do something that, makes a lot of money. It's very prestigious. You don't have to do that. And most people don't. Most people just go to work, but they should feel some sense of meaning. And to go to work, do a good job, and then come home at the end of the night, that's some of the best, that's the best feeling in the world, if you ask me. 
but I will say if anyone's thinking about, you know, career changes like this, and I'm not saying this specifically, but making a really severe sort of left turn Clyde moment in their career path, <laughs> uh, you know, just think that, you know, I waited a couple of weeks to post anything on social media about what mm -hmm. I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a lot of, I was really actually shocked. The number of people that said, oh my gosh, this is a perfect fit for you. Or, oh my gosh, this is, this uh -huh. is great. Um, there are other people that are going to say, you're doing what? And to, yeah. to, to anyone that's holding reservations about, you know, making that kind of change, you're accountable to no one for what you choose to do for your professional career path, except Amen for yourself yeah. and per, potentially just, you know, communicating with your partner or your family, but that's mm -hmm. it. You yeah. know, you don't have to justify your decision making mm -hmm. of what you choose to do. Outside of your immediate household, you know, it's all, you know, they can, they can talk smack about you. They can applaud you. And you know, what's funny is what we find is that more people will applaud you, especially for making a bold move, than they will go, oh, you shouldn't have gave up those good health benefits. Because at the end of the day, you, you know, health benefits are great, but, you know, peace of mind is even better. <laughs> It'll keep you out of the doctor too. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, Matt, thank you for joining us today. It, it's been fantastic to talk to you. We, we don't talk enough. <laughs> so, My pleasure, Jason. Yeah, and I, I wish you all the luck with your new endeavor. Uh, we'll be checking in. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today and tuning in. And we, if you want to learn more about how to take charge of your career, please visit our website or check us out on LinkedIn. We love to meet new people. Uh, please like and share this content as well if you found it helpful. Referrals are our favorite form of compliment. So... Thank you all. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe and we will talk to you soon.